Guitar Radio Show, the show dedicated to the guitar player, guitar maker, gear builder, and purveyors of such items that you may not know about, but should. Here's your host, Mark Davin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Guitar Radio Show. You hear that in the background? That is a Keeley pedal at work. And today we've got two interviews, of course, one with Mr. Robert Keeley. But before that, we've got a quick interview with a Keeley user, a dedicated Keeley user, Mr. Rob Balducci. He fills us in on what's going on with him. We talk a little bit about his gear and his pedals, particularly the Keeleys. And then we get right into an interview with the man himself, Mr. Robert Keeley. You ready? Here we go. Guitar Radio Show. GuitarRadioShow.com. Okay, people. We have with us returning to the show uh, to help me uh, suss out and talk a little bit about Robert Keeley effects pedals. We have my favorite Paisan, Rob Balducci. <laughs> how are you, Rob? Hey, how you doing, Mark? Thanks so much for having me back on. Oh, man, thanks for being Love here. The show. Thank you. It was great to see you in Dallas in May. That was really fun to see you. Oh, yeah, we had a, we had a blast. Yeah, and you guys played <laughs> your asses off, too. It was great. Thank you. Folks, go to robbalducci.com. There's all sorts of cool things going over there, going on over there. Rob's got he's working on a new record right now. Uh, he's got clinics coming up. There's a cool section of the of the website actually. I'm clicking on it right now. There's a section about gear. So if you all you gearheads, which we're talking about gear today, uh, you can you can see all of his stuff and and uh, the man is definitely a junkie like me. So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what can we expect with this new record, man? Well, you know, the, you know, I just kind of started to do a little posting about it recently on my uh, on my Facebook page. Yeah. Um, and uh, the new record, you know, the, the, what happens with my with my records is, you know, I I, uh, I take some time in between records because I feel that. It's, you know, you need, for me, my writing process, I need to kind of live life yeah. to get the inspiration sure. for, you know, for, for, for the new ideas. And, uh, you know, I'm looking back now, you know, I got like six songs kind of like basically almost, you know, finished three are, are totally done. Um, and I'm looking back at the titles and stuff. And, uh, you know, when you look back on it after you've been writing it, you know, it basically, this record was really the inspiration behind this new record. Is really has to do with my dad. You know, my dad passed away. It's going to be two years this June, mm-hmm. and uh, basically, the, the the songs are a lot of the inspiration are from the experience of just dealing with with that. Um, you know, uh, I was with him for a long time in the hospital, and I, you know, it's weird. You know, something like that. You spend a lot of time with somebody. You know, so I'm kind of trying to look at it as a pos- as, as positive as I can. That you know, I was, you know, he he was in the hospital, but I was the I was able to spend like you know every day with him. You know, literally mm. for three, four, you know, months. You know, right. And uh, it's a lot of a lot of you know things from that. You know, came came about, and it's basically what's inspiring this record. You know, the going title right now is called. Uh, Life is precious, and that's uh, one of the songs on the record. And cool. you know, it comes basically from you know, you know, is I, you know, when you're dealing with a parent that's that's that, that's uh, having some issues, you know, 
there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. And, you know, it's one thing that my father always kept telling me, uh, you know, I was like, Dad, listen, do you want to do this? You know, this is what's going to happen. And, you know, he was like, yes, you know, he kept saying life is precious. You know, I want to, he wanted to live, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of stuck with me. And, you know, that, that seems like that's going to be right now. That's the going title for the record. Wow. All right. Well, I'll tell you if it's, if it's anything like uh, 821 uh, Monroe street, Monroe drive rather, um, man, that album really moved me. So, no, oh, thanks. Yeah, I love that record. That's a, that's a that's a that's a record I return to a lot. You oh, know. that's that's good. Thank you. That, that means a lot. Yeah, it's great stuff. So, and you've got clinics coming up as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got I, I got some cool stuff on the June tenth. You know, anyone in like the East Coast, like New York area, New Jersey area. June 10th, I'm at this place called the Music Zoo, and it's called the uh, oh, yeah. Gold Coast Guitar Show. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm playing on there on Saturday. Uh, you know, there's going to be a bunch of uh, companies there, Diodario, a bunch of uh, guitar companies. If, if You know, go to Gold Coast Guitar Show or go to musiczoo.com, and you guys can check out and see what's going on. So I'm going to do, like, a, a set but to backing tracks. But, you know, it's kind of cool because you get to play material that I usually don't, you know, I'm trying to different material that i don't usually play live for right. this event right. and then at night that night i'm actually doing a gig uh in long island with my band so you know that's going to be a cool day good day. Well, that's great and your band yeah, is, your band is great you now i can't say enough about those two guys man they are amazing oh thank you yeah we got some you know i got some good stuff you know definitely you know, for listeners and people that are interested, check out robbalducci.com. The coming months, you know, I got something else in June in New Jersey. I got some gigs in July. And then uh, we're definitely going to be doing some, uh, I'm going to be doing some overseas stuff, some master classes. So cool. pay attention, to, you know, to, to the website for some cool stuff. I'm going to some places I've never been. I don't want to announce anything yet until it's, you know, I get the final dates and stuff. But sure. it, it's definitely happening. I'm excited about it. Excellent. Very good, man. I'm so excited for you. Um, so you, you're, you're a, uh, a Keely devotee as, as yes. I am. And, um, uh, I had a great conversation with Robert the other day. I, I gotta say he is just, uh, he's just a wonderful person to talk to. He's so open. Yeah. He's so open. He's so open to ideas. He's not, he, there is no narrow mindedness at all when it comes to that man. Um, yeah. and incredibly, and he's incredibly humble and grateful too for everything that he's got and everything that he's had a chance to do and the people he works with. And he loves you. <laughs> I love, I love Robert as well. I've been, you know, I've been playing, it's gotta be, it's definitely over a decade that I've, uh, been dealing with Robert. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I tell him this all the time and I, you know, uh, I talk about him to people and it's like, you know, the, the music business, as you well know, Mark, there's, uh, there's definitely good people, you know, honestly, usually good people, but there are a lot of people in this, in this industry that are not, uh, are not like, you know, it's not somebody that you'd want to bring home to have to dinner. And Robert <laughs> is like the total opposite. You know, he is like the, one of the nicest people in the industry and he is very, uh, you know, artistic uh, very intelligent and, uh, you know, the, I, I, you know, his pedals, you know, are instruments unto themselves. Each one yeah. is, is, is different. And, uh, it really, you know, I always tell him this, I was like, you know, your pedals, you know, help 
you help, you know, artists, you know, create, you know what I mean? Because you plug into something and it sounds so good and, you, you know, and you want to, you write something. And to be honest with you, you know, we were talking about my new record. There's three songs on the record. You know, I have six songs done. Three of the songs, you know, have Keely's, you know, pedals that are featured, you know what I mean? Like the, uh, the Monterey pedal is probably what my favorite pedal, you know, well, I love all the stuff, but for some reason that pedal, I really love it. What it does, it does so much stuff. I use, you know, so I use the Ottawa feature on it. The uh, the the vibe on it is amazing, and uh, so it really, you know, I plugged into that pedal and I started writing stuff. And uh, mm. the, what I really liked about it is this thing is, which is exciting about this record is, is that I try to do inspired stuff. So I plug into his pedal. I had like a backing, you know, the backing track to the to the rhythm tracks done. I went in, plugged it to the pedal, recorded it, and that's what I'm keeping. It's, it's. I'm trying to do like first initial reaction to playing through something and playing, and then keeping it and not going back. If there's a mistake, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm at the point now where you know I want that. Uh, I want that spontaneity. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, you know. As you were saying this, I was thinking to myself, yeah, he he gives us. He gives us if we were if we were artists like like fine artists to, to paint with. We, he gives us paint to paint with. That's what it's yeah. like. No, definitely. I mean, you know, there's not, you know, I, you know, and what he's doing lately, you know, you know, the, the way the company is growing. You know, when I first was uh, dealing with Robert, he was doing like modded. He was modding existing pedals, right? And then he started to come out with his own pedals. And, uh, you know, the stuff that he's doing is just amazing. And, and the thing is, it's the crazy stuff about it. He's doing the stuff and he's coming out with new pedals so quick. And, and, <laughs> no. uh, and I mean, but the, the, the thing is that the, each one is, you know, like, I'm, and, you know, like people like you and I, I'm a, you know, freaking pedal, you know, junkie. I mean, I need, I, you know, it's satisfying the, uh, he's supplying the crack. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? I, I hear you. Like everything. And the thing is, there is not. And you know, the thing is, people don't understand that there's one. Like I have, I have, uh, you know, one overdrive pedal from them, and then you have a different overdrive pedal from mm-hmm. them. And the thing is, well, how many overdrive pedals do you need? You need them all because the thing is, they all do something different. That's they react true. differently to each guitar, to each amp. It sounds different on one. Sounds good with this, and the sweet spot is on this, and that's the craziness of it. Yeah. It's like it's a never ending. Yeah, it, it's amazing, and 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 you're right. It's all about it's all about these different flavors too. It's just. You know, I I I uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan. I w- I've always been a huge fan of the Nobles uh, ODR one overdrive. It's a really nat- natural sounding overdrive. And then I was telling Robert that um, after I heard the Super Fat mod, oh, I was like battle. I was like, oh, well, looks like the ODR is getting kicked off the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I have you know I really there's not there's not one pedal that I have that that. Uh, you plug into and you don't love. I mean, I, a, a favorite of mine is an old, it's an older one of his. It's called the Nova Wah, uh-huh. which, I, which I really like and I use a lot. I used it a lot on my last record, and it's going to make an appearance on this one. Um, and the, the, the uh, he recently came out with this uh, filaments, like uh, uh, sort of like you know an overdrive amp in a box type of thing. And uh, I really like that. I did a nice demo of that. 
Um, I'm trying to think like what's what's on my uh, uh, and I when I in the Dallas shows I used the Monterey of course and I used the Dark Side which is uh, yeah. which is another unbelievable pedal. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just yeah. And uh, recently, what I've been using a lot now is what's called the Tone Workstation, mm-hmm. which has like the top of the keel. You know, it's like basically. Keely is known for the compressor, so it has the compressor in it, and it's got his red dirt uh, in it, and it's also got the Katana Boost, so it's like, you know, three or four, and the 1962, I think, is in there, so it's like four different panels mm-hmm. of, like, all the, the stuff that he's known for, mm-hmm. and, you know, I recently picked it up, and I'm like, why didn't I get this earlier? I mean, it's like... You know, it's like one pedal that does all this great stuff, mm-hmm. and it sounds so good. I mean, uh, so I've been using that that a lot. So the record, you know, my the new record's going to be featuring a lot of a lot of the stuff that he's been working on. That's great. You know, it's uh, it's so funny too. You, you mentioned the 1962 pedal, and I got yeah. I I was blown away by that pedal because it's, it's I mean all of his pedals because it's what's fascinating to me. Is how he's able to dial it in that the I mean honestly the naked ear can't tell that that's not a you know that that's not a plexi right <laughs> you know how like how the hell does that happen I I mean for somebody who you know and I told him I says I said you'd never want me working in your shop because I can't solder for <laughs> shit but <laughs> but but like how in the world I mean yeah I guess you have to have an engineering degree. <laughs> in electrical electrical engineering to be able to, to to drill down to that it's amazing and and really I mean, gr- yeah. and really great ears too is i mean the ears right. too well, that's the other thing that's the other thing you know robert is all you know uh, i i had the pleasure of doing dallas the dallas guitar show the last two years and 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 spending time with robert at the booth and uh you know, robert is a guitar player as well so yeah i mean that's what makes it you know i i, I listen i don't know a, I'm, I'm close with Robert, but I mean, I don't know a lot of pedal companies and the people that that make them and stuff like that. But the, the thing is, you have to be a guitar player, you know, to that. That's what I think is in, is really good about his pedals, because not only is he like this great engineer and he has great ears, but he's also a player. So he's able to go in and when he's creating something and see it from the guitarist standpoint, you know what I mean? Right. Which, which to me makes a difference right. big difference right. it's the same thing like with somebody that's a producer of a record or an engineer of a record I've, I've learned that you know the best producers and engineers are people that play the instrument an instrument you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think that that's also a plus absolutely why his stuff is so magical i think yeah yeah and he's got a great team working with him now i mean you know it's, oh yeah yeah well, you know great people yeah it's fantastic um, yeah, it's it's amazing what comes out of Oklahoma. <laughs> He's blown yeah, away. And you, you know, no, lately, you know, you notice, you know, uh, you know, he talks about it, and he he did some uh, tours like on on the on the internet of his shop and the people that work there. But like his stuff is looking so beautiful. Uh, now you know not that it didn't before but like he's like he's able to do all the, the, the he makes the pedals there and he does the the, the, the printing of them there uh and the coatings that are on it they last really long you know that you don't have to worry about chipping i mean this it's like went from you know not only is the the thing sound wonderful but now they look 
you know, some of them look like candy, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which to me is, you know, is really cool. <laughs> and that's true. That's actually something that's changed in the, in, uh, in the pedal biz is that, you know, it used to be like, who cared what your pedal boards looked like? Now it's now it's kind of important to some players out there. It's like wow, this has to you know, and I, and I'm kind of that. I've kind of gotten that way. I mean, when I use pedals, depending on what gig I'm at, when I use pedals, I want it to look good because when I'm look, I'm looking at it. Right. <laughs> no, I, yeah, you know, it it, it it makes sense. You know what I mean. <laughs> we're we're we're. I tell you, we're goofy crew guitar players. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a, I listen. I say this to my wife all the time. It's a freaking disease. <laughs> it's a disease. You always got to get something new. <laughs> oh man! Well, man, this is this is great. I'm glad you could take the time out. I know you're on vacation. I'm glad you could take the time out no, to no, stop listen, and talk with listen me. To me. I love I love your show. Oh, thank you. Uh, I I you know I like what you do, and you know Robert Keeley. You know I would do anything for robert robert is amazing i really really it does for guitar players you know and it just you know i have so much fun playing through his stuff and, and you know and it's the creative thing that you know i keep trying to tell him you know robert you know he's so nice and stuff and you know i, I try and tell him i was you know he's like wow you know it sounded rob you sounded so good you know the, what, what i he heard something that i played and i'm like well you know what it's it's what you've created that helps the creative process, which it says a lot about his pedals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rob, man, it's always great to talk to you and I can't wait to see you again and see you play, man. Oh, thank you. No, listen, we, I'm going to, we definitely, we definitely, we had a really uh, successful Dallas trip next, you know, this last year. And so we're definitely going to be coming back. Good. You know, I already talked to, you know, the, the guitar show people. So, I, you know, as far as I know, I'm coming back for the show. Great. And we're going to try and do some more. We're going to try and do some more gigs around it. So uh, I'll definitely be in touch with you about that. That's great. That's fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks so much again. Uh, you hold on, but we're going to sign off right here. All right. Thanks. Thank you. folks this is an interview that has been two years in the making uh every time that we want to get together we 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 try and we try and it doesn't happen and now it has and uh (laughs) folks our our next guest his his pedals have been are played and have been played by the likes of brad paisley peter frampton billy gibbons danny spitz good old danny from brooklyn and uh and uh, and Rob Balducci from Queens. He's a paisan. <laughs> exactly. Good old Rob Balducci. I love that guy. He's, he, he's amazing to hang out with too. He's a great guy. He's and and he's 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 got so many layers. He's a really interesting cat. He really is. Yeah, he is. I got the, the privilege of playing uh, kind of with him uh, during the Dallas Guitar Show recently. Yeah, and, and it was nice because I don't get to sit around and play as much as I used to. 
Mm-hmm. And um, he's very accommodating. Yeah. And he's very happy uh, to, to, to play. And he's very, very guitar-inspired, you know. So it's, that was a, a great recent experience with Rob. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Robert Keeley, welcome to Guitar Radio Show, finally. Thank you. I feel very welcome here. This is great. <laughs> um, so it all started for you in, well, you're in Oklahoma now. Yes, sir. And you, you're, a, you're a graduate from the University of Oklahoma, electrical engineering, right? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I recently found my degree. I thought I had lost it, and uh, I was cleaning out a storage shed at this house I'm getting ready to sell, and uh, lo and behold, uh, one of my buddies at work, Aaron Pierce, uh, found it and says, I think you might want this. And I, I knew exactly what it was, this you know cardboard roll. Uh, and I, I popped it open. And I was like, I wonder if I've actually even ever seen this because it didn't look familiar. But there was my name on there, the degree. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess that was in 2000. So, I mean, I, I longed for it. Trust me. I want every, you know, every time I go into a doctor's office or a lawyer's office, I'm like, Oh yeah, I got one of those. It sure would be nice to put on the wall someday. And so I just recently found my degree. Yeah. <laughs> so much yeah. for spending all that money on a sheepskin. And... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's it, it is cool to see. Yeah, that is cool. So is it hanging up now? No. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you caught me red-handed. I don't even know where it is now. <laughs> I guess I don't care about those things. I guess that's all we can really say is yeah. I don't care about. Oh my gosh! I honestly am like wondering where in the world I've put it now. That's funny. It's all about uh. the. It's all about the work anyway. So. <laughs> it's about oh the work. yeah, it was it was a lot of fun actually because I I did it very slow. I recommend people do this. I liked I liked taking my time during the degree. I had a full time job the entire time. Mm-hmm. It was it was in electronics uh, the whole time. And I, so I, fe- I felt like I was getting practical experience along with the, uh, the book work and the theory and, and I had enough to live and enjoy life and, and yeah, it takes a lot longer. It took me eight years to get the degree, but, um, I hit the ground running then and, uh, never looked back. So I don't know. I think, uh, slowing down to really learn the material kind of can help some people. Oh, I I agree. I absolutely agree with that. I think, I think it's about immersion, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, and you know, it's so funny too, because now, I mean, I don't know if you realize this or not, I'm sure you must, but that, you know, you, it's gotten to a point now of, of lore of, of legend that you are like the tone meister. You're the, you're the guy who's putting it in people's hands so they can make music on a whole nother level. Are you? That is, that is so, so rewarding. Um, I spend a lot of time listening to music, like, like so many other people, but I feel it to be quite an honor to um, have people report back that, that they had a blast or that they had a special moment or that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they enjoyed their craft for the first time in X amount of, you know, days, years, weeks, whatever. And, um, when people report back that, especially on particular designs, you know, particular designs can be, uh, more or less unique and all to my own. And, and certain ones, you know, 
can can really strike a chord with me. And so that is fun when when people are are making music and they go, "Wow, this is <laughs> this is the most fun I've had in a long time," or "This sounds the best," yeah. and I'm really I'm really content with it. Or I've had it on my board for. 15 years Mm -hmm. something like that which uh, happens with the compressor or the katana you know you you get long periods of time where people are like this is a constant um i can fall in and out of favor with what john mayer's doing uh this year or that year and sometimes i'm you know very envious of his playing and his his style and then uh it's very rewarding to see a katana on there sometimes too even yeah yeah it's interesting also you you have this ability to capture a sound, a tone, and a time inside a box. That's fascinating. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. Like, for example, with the uh, like Dark Side, the Dark Side pedal. Yeah. I mean, you've cap- yeah. you captured every sound that's on that record. Man, and it's, it's, it's not just me, and that's what allows me to put these packages together. Um, like the Monterey yeah. and the Dark Side. I've got some incredible people working with me uh like Creighton Hale who's my stepson uh Lisa's son and um Aaron Tackett who is a self-made uh DSP whiz um at the shop with me and uh Aaron and I are listen to a lot of the same music and appreciate things in the certain sounds and tones in the same way and so uh there's no barriers for us talking to each other about what it should do what it should feel like you know how how close it has to be to the record after we simulate it with dsp and and equations and then we go well that's not what we really hear you know we better (laughs) can't we go in here and make this a little bit more lopsided can't we smooth this out Mm -hmm. and so it's those things um that I'm totally uh, lucky and and just have built a great team to have people that not only know the historical reference or the significance of it, um, but want to create it themselves too. So mm-hmm. it's it's not just it's not just me, and it it is really rewarding. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's know? so it's so cool because when I when I hear when I hear your your, your pedals and I and I've played through dozens of them. When I, when I play through your pedals and I, and I play through something like the Bubbletron and then I go move over to something like the Oxblood, you know, mm-hmm. or, or the 1962, that's, I mean, it's so crazy, the difference in tonal quality and the, I mean, this is not a word, the right onness of it, you know, it's so spot on. Sometimes we get it right. That, that, um, you picked out two pedals in particular I'm fond of, and that's the um, Bubbletron because of my, my affection of anything Frank Zappa. Mm-hmm. And then the Oxblood is particularly awesome to me because Creighton and I um, designed that uh, on Instagram, is what I say. We designed that over a period of three days, and it was a challenge to myself because I had just read this story that Bill Finnegan had over the course of, I hope I'm right here, two years, maybe longer, designed the the Klon, and he employed two different engineers from, you know, prestigious schools to to help him accomplish this. And you know, he, he obviously clearly knocked it out of the park. The Klon is a you know one of a kind, yeah, epic epic piece of work. Yeah. But I didn't know that he didn't necessarily do it. That he had employed people, and I thought, you know, what what can I 
what can I do with a similar thought? The clon has got a voltage doubler. The clon has got a uh, distortion circuit blended with the clean circuit. And um, so I thought I'd take those two things and see how far I could run with it. And uh, for the first two days, it really wasn't sounding that good because I had this annoying kind of fizz on, on the distortion. And so I called up... Uh, one of the, the gurus in the effects pedal world, um, Jack Orman, who's written dozens, hundreds of articles and um, been such a help to the effect building community. I called him and he's like, you need to play with where you you put the dials, where, where you create the distortion. And uh, I changed it around and I knew it was right when I came in the next day and turned the pedal on. And it just sounded right. I didn't need to adjust anything. There's there's something that happens kind of strange when you're developing an effect pedal because your ears get used to it, mm-hmm. and then you start making you start making excuses for it. We used to. I hope I'm not being long winded, but no. we used to we used to do that to sell speakers all the time. You put a speaker on a very expensive pair of speakers. You got some Polk Audio speakers there, and you're like, Hey, these are these are uh, the Polk Audios. They're whatever you know, six ninety nine a piece, and then you flip it over to the uh, Kenwoods that you're trying to sell, and they just sound different. They got, you know, they got a bigger bass, they got more highs, whatever. They, you let them listen to that for a while, they get used to it. Then you flip back to the Pope for a second, and you're like, it sounds different in some way. And you'll, the, the customer's like, oh wow, I'll go, I'll go ahead and take those Kenwoods that you got a you know ten dollar spiff for free lunch on, and so. You have to be aware of that as a designer, that your ears get used to it or that you might start to think it's good enough. But mm-hmm. um, sometimes when you come in with fresh ears, um, can be the most critical time. When, yeah. when you, when you, when you well, especially when I'm working with my team and I can be open and honest with them, like, I just don't like that. You know, I, I'm just not feeling that. And um, they, they work tirelessly to do that. Well, it's interesting to me, too, that you just <laughs> you had said earlier that you know that was a pedal that was was designed and conceived over a course of three days but then i've also heard you say in the past that there have been pedals that took you really 15 years to develop sure the um the compressor plus that's coming out um and the bd uh, the uh, super fat mod um without without creighton's help um on the super fat mod i don't think it would have ever um been happy with my own version of the uh, Boss Blues Driver. Mm. Um, the, the transistors um, were the culprit, and I just didn't like the way that commonly available ones sounded, and, and kind of got frustrated with the fact that I couldn't beat the, the Boss Blues Driver in my mind. Um, one day he selected some Toshiba transistors to try, and they weren't very common. And it was like a light switch. It was just like, okay, finally, after all these years, I can release my own version of that pedal that I know wins. You know, mm-hmm. so it was like, like I told you, man, my, my team is super, super special to me. That it's it's not just me. I just feel like a great part of, of this this teamwork I like to create. So, mm-hmm. and then the um, the compressor plus that one. Um, it's obviously a, a, just a variation, uh, an, you know, an expansion on the two-knob compressor. Um, but but now it's got a um, a blend control that I'm really satisfied with. It doesn't cause spacing issues, and it's got a particularly cool tone control that is really suited 
I think extraordinarily well for for single coils and humbuckers. That 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 difference you need when when you start to compress things, the highs get diminished. But you don't really want to add noise in a compressor stage that early on, so you have to have a very very precise, very focused and narrow tone control. And so I think we got it just right. You know. Yeah, it's funny. You know, you're talking about the the uh, super fat mod. You know, uh, Guthrie Trap turned me on to the Nobles ODR one uh-huh. and and i was like man this that pedal like kind of changed my life i was like this is incredible and then i heard the super fat mod uh-huh. and i was like uh-oh <laughs> uh-oh yeah. looks like something looks like something's getting replaced on the board <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a compliment to replace that nobles because that's that's a legendary tone tool right there that one has inspired so many players and made so many players feel confident about their playing you know yeah it's like it's it, it's it's like it's like laying in a hammock you know yeah. it really it is. is it's balanced it, it sounds good on the ear it doesn't you know it has so many redeeming qualities it, it doesn't cut your sustain it, you know blah yeah. blah blah it just sounds right you know yeah, yeah. and it, it's and it's and I, and I get the same feeling about the super fat mod that it doesn't you know how some pedals, some pedals can steal the, can steal not only the character of the instrument, but can also steal the character of the amp sometimes. Yeah. And I get the impression from the Super Fat Mod that that's not the case at all. That it, it it's, it's allowing the amp to, you know, for lack of a better term, allowing the amp to breathe, and allowing it to stay natural. Wow. Yeah, you know what? What's yeah? That's um, it is pretty cool. It's that circuit in there has got so many neat aspects to it. I've I've taken parts of it and uh, made it my own, like the fuzz head. I, I ripped off one element of that circuit and put a treble booster with it. And some people still think my, the old fuzz head is one of my best sounding pedals. So it doesn't. You just take. There's so much to learn from. Boss Roland and the engineers that, that created those effects. Um, they're, they're, they're just a great source of information. That that um, that BD2 though, there was one time I looked at it and analyzed it, and I really felt like it was a Fender Super Reverb with the, with the tone controls cranked. And I thought, well, heck, no wonder it sounds good. You can't go wrong doing a simulation of a, a Fender amp mm-hmm. in, in a box, mm-hmm. you know. And then um, so. Again, and that one's kind of really cool in the sense that the way the game is controlled, it's, it's not just a single game control. It's controlled over two different areas. So someone was really careful about how they, as you turned it up, you know, what things start to overdrive and distort. So it's, it's a really clever circuit, really well done. Mm-hmm. And uh, playing with that one over the past you know, fifteen years has been a lot of fun. Yeah. So you originally were gonna you originally were gonna go into amp design, and then you you were feeling at the time that the market was too saturated, and too many, there were too many people doing it. Yeah. How how do you feel now that it seems that everybody and his brother is making a pedal in their basement? Well, uh, you know, behind closed doors, uh, um, um, you know. A grinch and I'm grumpy about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, the, get off my lawn, get off my lawn, you kids! Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, 
I uh, I think it's a great healthy place for out of work guitar players to exist. <laughs> <laughs> I have all kinds of snide comments that I that I like to make behind closed doors. Um, but uh, you know, if you're not going to build coffee or chocolate, you might as well build effects pedals. Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> but um, the uh, the the market is. Uh, I think saturated because it's it's a lot of fun. It's it doesn't have uh, a barrier to entry, like buying a um, really nice transformer and a set of tubes mm-hmm. <laughs> and a piece of wood mm-hmm. and covering it. I mean, the guys the guys that build amps have got uh, a, a certain backbone and a certain fortitude because uh, there's there's no goofing around with the finances there, or you're upside down and backwards, or you're toiling away for for no reward um an effect pedal uh company if you will or a kid that wants or a young man that wants to build effects pedals can surf the internet and find a wealth of resources and put together a good sounding package without much um, money at all Mm -hmm. so it is it is and it's very rewarding when you can you know make your own things so i totally understand why it's it's very saturated. Yeah. Um, so, but it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, I guess. There are times being an insider that, you know, I'll know certain people or companies and I'll think, wow, gosh, how'd they get so lucky? You know, when, mm-hmm. when I have a little bit of inside information, but that doesn't get me anywhere. The only thing I can do is try to learn from them. There's lots of great marketing out there that I need to learn from. Cause I, I don't think I have a very top notch, strong, marketing game so there you, there you go that's how I end up looking at it in the long run at first I'm grumpy about it and I'm, what do I need to pull from this yeah. to, to make my company and experience better yeah well, that's actually that's actually a really healthy outlook, I think, as far as what what can I glean from from the the landscape or the or the the, sure. uh, the on what what's here on the horizon with me, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. When when you um. I was always been curious about this, and I never got a chance to ask anybody this before, so I'm going to do it. Did, when when you're when you're designing a circuit, when you've got an idea in your head, or you've heard a sound, and you say, "Oh, I want to, I want to, I want to replicate, I want to enhance, I want to make this, I want to make this come to life." Do do you when you're doing it? Do you think, ah, how's this going to be with a humbucker? How's this going to be with a single coil? I do have to do that now more and more um, because I'm just you just become more aware and experienced with with things in, in the beginning you 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 know it's it's very dangerous making assumptions or you know ignoring that inner voice maybe when I was younger I might have not listened to you know myself say well what's the difference between this type of single coil or, or humbucker and uh, you know, looking back on certain things in my effects pedal collection, let's say a wall or the Nova wall or something like that and not understanding, <clears throat> you know, why it was distorting, not paying attention to those things. But now it's, it's part of, uh, the design process in which, um, we say purposely, um, design our, DSP products on a carbon guitar with what pickups that look like they're, you know, super DiMarzios or something. Yeah. You know, they, they have like 24 magnets on them and stuff like that because there's only a limited number of head 
limited amount of headroom with um, a DSP processor. And uh, with a lot of our effects, like the bubble tron mm-hmm. and the, the Dynatram and things like that that are dynamics-based effects pedals, mm-hmm. um, there you go again. If you have to really pay attention to the Telecaster, to the... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, active Schecter guitar. I work with the, the guys at Schecter and I don't know, I shouldn't say work with them, but I'm friends with, with the owner and, and the guy that runs it and the team there and we trade effects and guitars and I'm very grateful for that because sometimes, you know, you're like, oh wow, this is a whole different world. No wonder we don't have a metal crowd because our stuff, you know, craters or sounds this way, you know, with a, with a, you know, guitar that's active. Right. So, right. Um, so I, I hope I answered the question. I mean, it, it because because of the experience, I, I pay more and more attention to it all the time, and, and we measure pickup outputs just so we know we have a certain range mm-hmm. that we have to deal with on the input. So, so, so taking that a step further, when you're when you're actually thinking about a specific, does wood even come into play? Could you say it again? Does, does wood even come into play with that? Like you know, the the actual wood of that guitar? Like you know, I mean, you know, we, we've here in Austin. Yeah. You know, we've got Eric Johnson who who can tell the difference if you're playing on a rosewood fretboard or a maple fretboard. You yeah, no, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. <laughs> um, you know how it does come into play? I wouldn't necessarily say the wood at this particular point in time, but. We've got this amazing guy that started working for us almost a year ago exactly, Aaron Pierce. He's the guitar player in our uh, self-produced videos. Mm -hmm. He's great. He's great. And he, guess what? He's got a set of ears and he can articulate and uh, with great vocal accuracy what he is hearing that he likes and doesn't like. He's got a great relationship with Creighton and I so that we're able to take these characteristics and you know manifest them in the pedal or reduce them or eliminate mm-hmm. them or address them so uh you know aaron pierce is one of those guys that knows exactly the difference between a guy that's holding a pick with the the sharp point, point down or if the guy's holding the pick sideways and he's picking with the flat edge mm-hmm. he's he's the type of guy that can point out those things to you and you're like when you finally hear it and you realize what he's saying you're like now dang it now you deserve the ear uh the the uh title golden ears man you've got some <laughs> golden ears you know because around the shop they used to call me that but not anymore aaron's got the title now you know so i've got a guy that i can pass the buck to you know <laughs> so he, he's the guy who's playing on the super fat mod video yes sir yeah that's man holy that's, a, that's an I, that's an amazing video like i said you can put that thing on and it substitutes for a cup of coffee in the morning yeah if you're not moving in your seat by the end of that one you yeah got folks you can hear that in the beginning of the intro uh, uh, uh of this episode you're going to hear that and you also oh, killer. if you go to guitarradioshow.com i will place that video in the show notes as well uh so you can check it as, along with a bunch of other ones and some rob balducci as well um as you know, Rob's going to be on on this episode as well, so we can get an artist's point of view as well. Um, so here's another question about amplifiers. Yep. So for years and years, uh, I played, uh, and I still do to a point, I have three of them still, uh, Mesa Boogie Amps. And throughout those years, it was always, you know, I was using a boogie 
like a boogie, not so, not really very clean. So there, there was a point in time in my life where pedals were no longer a part of what I do, what I did, I should say. Exactly. What happened though over the years is now I go to the clean channel on the boogie and make it more of a fender, and and subsequently has made me go out and buy fenders. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, like uh, uh, black for uh, black uh, face, uh, super rever- uh, super deluxe, and stuff like that. And um, and I love, I love, love, love the idea of that clean amp. And then you put that other stuff before it, like a super fat mod, like a uh, nineteen sixty two, like a super, like a um, oxblood, which is real fuzzy and fat. I love something that's can be that can be fuzzy, but it also can be fat. That's cool. So when when you're designing, are you using a multitude of different types of amps to test with, or do you kind of have a baseline? Man, you you just uh, almost read my mind, so to speak, because the answer to that question is I design myself the say the analog stuff in my room when I when I'm designing something with Creighton, um, and we design it on. Fender Basement or Fender Twin or Fender Deluxe mm-hmm. Reverb Amplifiers. Those those have been the most beneficial to me in terms of sound sculpting. But mm-hmm. in the DSP room, Aaron has my uh, Mesa Boogie amplifier. Oh. And we are constantly addressing the fact that DSP units are towards the end of the signal chain and noise there and artifacts created there are going to be amplified by a gain stage in an amplifier or the output is going to be somehow changed because of the way they uh, use the, the preamp tubes to create uh, you know higher gain so um, that's that's the two-pronged attack that we have on designing for the public is um, I feel like a, a fender um, baseman is a um, broad enough uh, receiver <laughs> of signals mm-hmm. um, to give me an accurate image of what the public will hear when they when they get the pedal. Mm-hmm. One time I designed one of my favorite amps that, that uh, Mike made for me for Dr. Z and I, Creighton and I were having a blast. It sounded great. I'm like, God, the bass response in this thing is just right, blah, blah, blah. Tone controls work here. Nice and chunky. Send this stall hammer off to um, the techs to build it, and they're testing, and they're like, God, Robert, I hate to say this name, but this sounds horrible. I'm like, what's the matter? Listen to it in my room on my, my, my PV, uh, you know, 212. And I'm like, Ugh. or listen to it on my Fender Hot Rod DeVille. And I'm like, God, that sounds horrible. Bring it back in my room. And I'm like, see, sounds right. And this went on for a couple of weeks, I think, you know. <laughs> and eventually I was like, I am missing something horribly here. Well, you know, I think maybe that Dr. Z amplifier was designed for a lead player, designed for a specialized application. Uh, it sounds absolutely wonderful to me, but it was not something I should use as a reference point for designing for the public and to have it, you know, work out that way. So um, we, we keep that at home. So when I'm jamming at home and I want something to break up, you know, and I mm-hmm. want to push push a little small combo, mm-hmm. uh, that's just great, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a great, you know, thing to have. But um, for designing for the public, it doesn't work. And, and again, not to, not to repeat myself, but you can't lose sight of 
amplifiers that have built-in gain stages. You can't just ignore the fact that that exists. A lot of times, that's that's my answer. You know, these effects pedals, certain effects pedals are better sounding, in my opinion, through the clean channel of an amplifier. That might be my answer for certain situations. But you can't ignore it completely. You have to understand it when a customer writes you back, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, because it's interesting because when I when I use, say, if I use the boogie, uh, one of them, I've got three different ones here. If I use one of them uh, and then I use delay, the delay, the, the signal gets received and the decay is different than if it was a clean, if it was a clean channel. Sure. And that's really, that can be very frustrating for me as a player. Because I'm 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 trying to create consistency with everything I do, so everything can be, you know, that when I when I move to from one rig to another, I can still get everything I need to get for whatever I'm playing, whatever I'm being asked to play. So it can be a little it can be a little frustrating. So what what is it that you do? Is it like what you said with with the Doctor Z uh, amp, um, is there? Is there any like sort of education that the the public needs? To understand how to, I mean, you know, here's here it is. This is the pedal, but here's how you really need to use it. Is it that type of thing that that should happen? Yeah, in some cases, just being aware of of what you're hearing, and like you said, when you put a delay on a certain type of amplifier that has um, preamp uh, distortion built into it, you have to realize if you if you do a double stop, if you do bends and right. And you have you have certain notes creating a, a harmony there, and then there is distortion after it. Um, it's it's just not going to sound as pleasant. It's going to sound scratchy, right. and so you just have to you have to be aware of those things. Um, uh, so that that's kind of what we do. Uh, I, generally, we we try to tell customers that if they have a, say they have a spawn, I'm just you know, I could. Mm-hmm. And they have, there's three different channels on there that they're very comfortable with, they love. They're like, oh my gosh, I got this thing that's just exactly what I needed, or a 5150 or something like that. And um, and they're like, hey, it all sounds great. And then I don't have any volume or headroom when I kick on my lead boost or I move to the next channel. You just have, well, that's, they, they set up that first tube to not have any headrooms and it distorts completely the next tube in line. So you, you don't have any available headroom left. That's how they created that great sounding distortion. Mm-hmm. And you have to say, you know, maybe maybe there's a distortion pedal out there that will simulate that that amp gain for you so that you can use the clean channel and have the best of both worlds. Um, in some cases, you know, you just there is no there is no way to uh, around it. It's either like you like that amp distortion on your crank amplifier or whatever it is and there's there's just not going to be a solution for you having a you know 10 db 12 db boost uh work accurately um in, in front of it you know when you click it on it's just not going to happen and right. so you know certain certain things like certain kinds of effects loops you know make things easier and you can help people move things around but, right 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 so what, uh, last year, I think it was last year, right? 2016 was the uh, unveiling of the workstations. Yeah. And um, those are, I mean, how long did that take to put together? I mean, that's a lot of, that's, that's a lot just, of stuff in one box. That's just a lot of my, uh, 
uh, I think you he would love it if I called him the LeBron James of my uh, team, Clayton <laughs> Hale. I mean, he has got that youthful energy. Heck, I don't even know if he's 24 or something like that and uh, hasn't destroyed his brain on chemicals, you know. And uh, when he when he saw that he could get the we, – we had purchased a tone workstation back from a guy in Texas, Robbie, and that same day, John Mayer's tech was like, I need a second – workstation for the uh, Dead and Company tour that John's playing on. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I just happened to get one. Here, let me overnight it back to you. We tested it. He saw it. He's like, oh my gosh, we could do that so much better these days. And I'm like, I know you can. And uh, in short order, and I mean short order, like two or three days at most, he had that done, the, works, the tone workstation done. And then I was like, hey, why don't you put... Uh, our DSP stuff together with a couple pedals and he put the Oxblood and the 62 and a full DSP engine together on a circuit board and had prototypes ordered and then it was like trying to stop him then it was like well okay well I got this one here for a delay workstation <laughs> and if we split it up this way then we can use it for modulation and blah 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 and, and you know then the tap tempo stuff we had been working on came and was added and and it really didn't take that long. We had to work out some difficulties in being quiet enough, uh, mm-hmm. power supply issues when you have two DSP units and one unit trying to talk to each other and make all kinds of mysterious noises. So we had some issues, but uh, the whole product line was released and error-free, trouble-free by May. So you go from getting it ready at the NAM show where there's just a bunch of bubble gum and tape, and by May... Uh, they were complete and, and proper units, the whole four, the four of them. And then somewhere in there, we also came up with the Monterey in March. So <laughs> yeah, which uh, I think uh, didn't you unveil that at uh, the Dallas show last year, right? Was that oh one? yeah, Rob, yeah. Rob Balducci had uh, played some magnificent tracks back then. I, I captured some video of. Um, yep, sure, sure did uh, happen like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's amazing. I, I still am fascinated by it all because once again, I don't have an electrical engineering degree, <laughs> and, I, and you should see my solder joints; they're awful. <laughs> but it, it, it's amazing because um, they they can sit down and and focus, even with all the chaos going on in a manufacturing shop where we're testing stuff, and and. He's competitive in the in what, what I consider the right way. He's competitive to get it done right, mm-hmm. not just to be the first or to you know check check the boxes that say technically this is what it is. And so, um, and we're in a position right now that if it's not right, we and we don't we don't force something that doesn't you know to the best of our ability doesn't work on the customer. We can afford to go. No, this is not right. Let's let's order some new boards and. Um, we can just move fast enough now mm-hmm. because of um, these these efforts. In the beginning, it was a matter of life and death. It was like we absolutely had to have a product out for, for payroll. You know, it mm-hmm. was the company had been neglected and abused for, for such a long time that uh, that we were we were down the tubes and all my competitors had grown up around me. So it was a matter of life and death. And then uh, now we've got like, you know, 
runner's legs or something like that where after the race is done you know we're still feel like running and so we we have to now we have to put on the brakes all the time with ourselves and just go okay let's let's focus on the marketing let's focus on this and that so it's it's just the now two years three years of uh working very 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 hard as as a team no no slacking at all and and so that has paid off uh, wonderfully. That's great. That's it's yeah. really great. So speaking of now, what's uh, what can we expect for the rest of 2017 and into 2018 from you? Sure, it's very exciting because we have um, our eyes on trying to select the best two or maybe three, but two more of what I call our artist series pedals, something like the. Um, the Loomer or the Monterey or the Dark Side. Uh-huh. Um, we have all kinds of options. I mean, there's how many great players are there that have unique tones? I mean, from Robert Fripp to Steve Ray Vaughn to, mm-hmm. you know, Trey Anastasio of Fish to mm-hmm. Steve Ray Vaughn. And I haven't said him twice already. There's Eddie Van Halen. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's so many players out there where I want to capture the sound of Cathedral in a box and, and do Unchained and then do Jamie's Crying mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I want it so that the reverbs on the left channel just like when I listen to my headphones and the guitars distorted on the right channel right, you know right. and uh, so we're, we're thinking about those things here's, and, here's a challenge for you I just, as, as you were mentioning it uh, this would be this would be psychotic um, <laughs> alright so imagine four, four decades of Jeff Beck You've got Goodness. right. You've got Yardbirds. Oh, yeah. You've got Jeff Beck Group. You've got his fusion, and then what he's doing now, which is completely insane. Imagine, really? imagine trying to jam all those tones into a box. Hey, I, I, I love it. It would be called the Traffic Jam, wouldn't it? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know, but oh my god, you are you are a you see you are a marketer. You are a marketing guy. <laughs> So the traffic jam would be a wonderful boss because it would probably be one of my favorite because, man, is there anything better than watching him do uh, that live at Ronnie Scott's? Yeah. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing better than him. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. He, even as he gets older, he just plays better and better I know. more tastefully. I know. It's yeah. amazing. It's he amazing. didn't He didn't resolve to, you know, three-finger blues. So No, he sure did He sure didn't. <laughs> so, but then you know, at, there's there's still a, a, a level between where we are now, where we have completely maxed out the the, the small DSP um, unit that we use, and uh, we've we've done things that that very few others, if anybody else, has done on it, and it's just it's really fun and clever, but it only has. 128 lines. There's only 128 things you can ask it to do. No, no more, no less. And it's got built-in A to D converters, so that the the noise that uh, is in there is the noise that's in there. And so we are trying to figure out what our best option is for for the future. And there's there's plenty of good options. You know, uh, Source Audio has got a great DSP team. A lot of experience with analog devices, and then if you look at the Strymon stuff and mm-hmm. other stuff like that that uses the Sharp DSP, which is probably more than we'll, we'll ever need, you know, for the next five years. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to find exactly um, where we want to be in 2018. The guys that distribute the Spin DSP 
I've got a new unit called the uh, FX Core, which uh, has a, a whole host of issues uh, solved and, and uh, available features that would that would carry us for the next two years at least. So I'm, I'm desperately waiting for that. They said there's a little bit of a delay this year, and it was supposed to be out maybe August or September. So I don't know that we'll be designing for the next NAM show for it, but um, something like that. Um, all these all these advanced DSP uh, things require uh, a, a significant investment, and you don't want to take off in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of we have a lot of auxiliary work to do with uh, microcontrollers, so that we can have USB and presets, and and our switching for for the unit and and features like that, advanced features, MIDI. Mm-hmm. So we've got we're, we're working on all those things behind the scenes so that when we do um, land on the DSP we're going to stick with for a while that we'll have all the the support circuitry kind of nailed down and the the, the board design problems and issues um, at least looked at once or twice before we start putting together a package well I tell you it's exciting um, just hearing you talk about it I can't wait to see what's next I know it is very exciting because I'm not a very organized person. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty surprising going to work myself because something will happen over here in this department and then this department comes together and I'm like, Oh, well that means we can do the traffic jam now, <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. So sometimes, sometimes things get together pretty quick because, uh, of all the, the fortunately again, man, my team, I have, I have, you know, two other engineers that are sitting there crafting away. Um, so we, we do tend to take big steps when they happen, at least from my perspective. Oh, I, I think you have. I mean, 2016 alone was, that was crazy. I mean, all that, all of that product and so many different new and involved, you know, SKUs there. I mean, that was, that was pretty intense. Oh, yeah. Very fun. Especially if you consider 2013. Yeah. We had, at the beginning of 2013, all I could manage to get out was a the red dirt pedal, which is our essentially our tube screamer with mods. At October of 2013, I thought I had our first chorus pedal ever, and we had so many challenges, we didn't start shipping until December 31st of 2013. And... Um, by mid 2014, I hope I'm not too mistaken here. Um, August or September or something, we had our first delay pedal out. And if you look by the end of 2016, look what happened. You know, yeah. so um, it's again, it, it, it's so great to have that that pressure put on you, where you, you're not going to fail. You're not going to tell people they don't have a paycheck. You're not going to. Um, have to listen to the IRS uh, say they're going to close your doors because you're not paying your old taxes because you paid them and you're not going to jail because, uh, you know, contempt of court for not paying your alimony and you, you conquered it all. And, yeah. and you do that with, with a, again, I sound like a broken record, but a great team. And, uh, and that's how you get it done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have, you have the, the weight of the world on you and you, you just absolutely refuse to, to succumb to any of it. Yeah. Well, you keep trucking, man. I, I I love what you're doing, and um, I'm getting me a, I'm getting me a super fat mod. 
Well, yeah, we need to talk after the show because I want you to have one. Okay, and, cool. Uh, I'll, I'll make that happen. All right, cool. Well, I got to tell you, this has been great. I, I've waited so long to talk to you, and I'm, I'm glad we finally got to do it. Man, this has been one of the more fun interviews ever because uh, it was nice and relaxed. And like you said right from the beginning, one guitar player talking to another one, that's just great. That's what it's all about. You know, I just want, I want, I want people to feel good, feel comfortable, and be able to say what they want to say and get the message out. Hey, so you know what's going to happen tomorrow? I'm going to call you back and say, hey, I don't think I covered it all. I didn't tell you about how to broil the steaks after you sear them in the pan. <laughs> and then we'll have a cooking show next time. Hey, that works for me. I'm, I'm up for that. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually buying a new barbecue today. So. Right on. <laughs> That's great. Well, Robert, thanks so much for being on the show. You bet, man. Give, give me a holler after the show sometime, and uh, we'll hook you up. All right. Hold on one second. Uh, folks, go to robertkeeley.com. Check it out. There is tons of videos. Also, at guitarradioshow.com, in the show notes for this episode, you will find tons and tons of video and also links to get to Robert's uh, website. Hold on one second, Robert. We're going to sign off right here. Check out Guitar Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and Tumblr. And of course, on GuitarRadioShow.com.